0: I'm Lee. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Saturation Italicized on Weagle 91.1 FM. Tune in live at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for your weekly dose of art and design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Lee. Um, I am a graphic design major, a creative writing minor, and I am so excited to uh, introduce y'all
1: to some design today. Lee, you took all of the words I was going to (laughs) say.
0: I'm also a graphic design major, creative writing minor. Yeah, we are kind of the same person. You have two hosts, uh, or one host and two people, so enjoy that. Um, So today, we were going to talk about a couple of different...
1: um, design hobbies of ours. So Lauren, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so first we're going to start off with the iPhone iOS update. I don't know if anyone out there has already gotten it, but I have and Lee hasn't. So we're going to kind of compare. Um, An important thing about graphic design is UI UX and UI means user interface and UX means user experience. And those are two very important aspects of design that we're going to be covering today. Specifically in the iOS update. So, one of the big things that they did was redesign the lock screen. You can customize widgets, change the fonts, font color, and change the background through multiple lock screens. So, I actually changed mine to change every time I open my phone. Lee, what do you think about this? So, actually, this weekend,
0: I saw someone with the update, like their phone was switching through the backgrounds, and it was cool, but I really, really hate where the notifications pop up now.
1: Really? Okay, so they have three options. There's expanded view, stacked view, or count view, so you can kind of adjust it. It starts out at the bottom, and then you can kind of have it go up more. If you have a song, it can take up most of the screen. Okay, I have seen that. I thought that was really
0: cool, um, but I think... Honestly, feel like I'm gonna stick to the
1: old update. I honestly think that you should <laughs> with the update. I think I just have a problem with the fonts on the home screen. Yeah. Okay. Or on the lock screen. What? Tell me about that. Okay, so there's eight options. Um, My dad really liked the one he called military, which looks like a (laughs) stencil. He would. A dad would like that. Um, But they all look, none of them look like the old typeface, which I think is why I'm having an issue with it. None of them are even similar.
0: So um, actually last week we were comparing our two phone screens, um, talking about maybe doing this segment, and we noticed that the typeface on my phone Uh, screen and typeface is basically just a font so what says like the date and then the number or the time um was completely different than yours and I thought it was weird that that wasn't an option in the new update to revert back to the old one yeah it's kind
1: of like don't break what's not broken I think I just said (laughs) that wrong but
0: you know what I mean no I agree plus it was it looks good it's a good digital typeface to have
1: I agree very readable
0: reminds me a lot of um SF Pro, which I can't remember if that is short for San Fran Pro or not. I
1: have no idea. But
0: I, uh, in one of our projects last year, we designed an app in graphic design. And it was really interesting to see um, the difference in typefaces, like, in a book versus on your phone. Um, and, yeah, so big shout out to SF Pro. I really
1: like that typeface. And I, SF I, I think it
0: looks like the one that's on the home screen now
1: but yeah tell me more about the update lauren so another big one is also on the home screen you can change your focus modes like apple has like do not disturb but they also have different like do not disturb functions called focus so you can kind of like mute certain people or apps so you don't get notifications from them and you can easily change that from the home screen or from the lock screen i don't think it's a huge difference but still kind of ties in with their like multiple lock screen Idea that they're going for. Another big thing that they're doing is you can edit a message after fifteen, up to fifteen minutes after sending it, which is I think is very interesting. But recipients will see a record of your edits. So it's like Snapchat. Yes, I think so. Deleting. Haven't actually tried it yet, but I think so. Um, You can also undo something two minutes after sending it, um, and you can mark a message as unread. So I think that's really helpful. People do that a lot with emails, but this would help over messages i think this the big thing with this update is just improved user experience trying to make everything easier quicker the notifications being at the bottom it's easier for you to reach no i don't like that well i think (laughs) (laughs) i think apple had a purpose with that
0: yeah i yeah i guess that just ties into like all design can be good design if you have a purpose for doing it yeah which i appreciate but i guess you know I just like the classics. I like the classic
1: iPhone update. That's fair. I can't (laughs) argue with that. Um, Another big thing is they call it the visual lookup, which means you can lift a subject from the background and it isolates the subject of your image. You can use it as like a sticker. Um, Oh, yeah. I saw someone doing that too. That's cool too. That is cool. And it says it adds recognitions to birds, insects, spiders, and statues. So... Not sure when you're going to need to isolate that in a picture, but it's now an option that <laughs> is supposedly mean? very easy. I so, take pictures of
0: bugs all the time just for crazy. fun. And then I need to send them as a sticker. That's so. crazy. Maybe I should update. Yeah, <laughs> and if you,
1: know, you want to send it as a text, Siri will allow you to send a text message without confirming it. So you know when you tell her, like, send Lee, I love Weagle as a text, <laughs> she's going to ask, does this look okay before sending? She doesn't do that anymore on the update. It just just it sent. with the user experience, exactly. better user experience. Making it easier for everyone. There's also, this is what I thought was really interesting, there's a safety check. So there's a new section in settings which helps people in domestic violence situations reset the access that, that they've granted to others. So they can automatically retract location sharing, reset privacy permissions, etc. Which I think is a really interesting feature to add. No, that's super cool. I right? love that. Yeah.
0: So, I think uh, we need to go into some songs and ads about now. So, we will be playing Heated Swimming Pool by Joyce Manor for y'all. And following that, we will be playing End of Summer also by Joyce Manor. So, enjoy. And we are back. So, that last song you just heard was End of Summer by Joyce Manor. Um... So I wanted to talk about a little bit about Joyce Manor as a band, the album Never Hung Over Again, which uh, both the songs that just played is from. Um, but I wanted to talk about like why we decided to discuss music today. For me, I really enjoy des- enjoy designing for music in general, but specifically punk music and even more specific, Midwestern emo music. If we have any Midwestern emo music friend- fans out there. I think it's just you. It's just me. But um, so... End of summer, to me, records the experience of someone in the summer when you have no cares in the world and potentially have a little summer fling, a little summer love, but it can only last the summer. There's a timeline for this relationship. Um, And he goes through how that makes him feel to know, regardless of how happy in the moment he is about being in this relationship, it's going to end. There's a specific end date for it. My favorite line, Probably has to be when he said, when Barry Johnson, he's the lead singer of Joyce Manor, says, Blue marker on a paper bag. You could wear it like a mask. You could be your own dad. So to me, that line is talking about, you know, like when your parents pack your lunches and um, the singer is talking about never experiencing that type of love from him and his family and perhaps maybe experiencing that love from this summer romance he talks about in the rest of the song. Um, and it also, I think, gives a timeline of how old the singer of the song is when he is experiencing these emotions. Um, it's really just about a young summer love, uh, which I really like. And I think you can kind of hear that dreamy, um, almost psychedelic kind of state his mind is in. Any Anyone who's had like a summer romance, like you know what I'm talking about. So the song before that, was Heated Swimming Pool, like I said, also by Joyce Manor, also off of the album Never Hungover Again. Um, And this song details the singer's love with someone wealthier and higher up on the social ladder than he is. Um, Like the title of the song says, she owns a heated swimming pool, which uh, stands as a symbol of her wealth and stands as a symbol of her social status. However, Barry Johnson, the lead singer, he does not fit in with her crowd and because of that they will never work but he admires her, he admires her authority and he also kind of admires her social status which I don't think he really wants to accept throughout the song. He's almost poking fun at it but he does admit that he really cares about her and my favorite lyrics would have to be I wish you would have died in high school so you could be somebody's idol and to me He's kind of explaining the concept of people who peak in high school and he wishes that she could have been more than that. He wishes almost that she would have died just so that she was more important than someone whose biggest feat is when they're in 11th or 12th grade or biggest feat is her wealth and social status. The album as a whole, Never Hung Over Again, was critically acclaimed. It was Joyce Manor's third studio album, and it was specifically critically acclaimed in the Midwestern emo scene. Um, This album works as a coming-of-age story for the lead singer, Barry Johnson. And though the album is only 20 minutes long, you can play it as much as you like without it getting tired, in my humble opinion. I have been listening to that album since I was in about eighth grade, and I am still not sick of any of the songs. Some other uh good ones on the album are Catalina Fight Song and Schley. Um both of which the listener will experience the high and low the highs and lows of adolescence in a more nuanced and less whiny way than other Midwestern emo bands. It was ranked 90 out of 200 on Pitchfork's best album of the 2010s. And Lauren, I wanted to ask you what you thought about the songs because you're not an avid
1: punk listener such as myself. So what do you think? Well, I think you're slowly corrupting me and turning me into a (laughs) punk midwestern punk emo whatever you called it fan um I don't know I just really like their music I think it's very like it kind of ties into the rainbow kitten surprise stuff that we'll talk about later but just Mm -hmm. a lot about like the human connection and emotions and I like just the vibe that the music gives yeah and it's it's very like high school
0: you're stressed you don't know like who you are what you're gonna be but there's more sophistication about it, I, I think. Yeah.
1: It kind of the vibes are very twenty ten, but in a new, like, older, more sophisticated way, like you've said, that mm-hmm. I think really targets us right now in our lives.
0: No, I I agree very much so. It's it's it hits so close to home right now, I think. Yeah. Not knowing what you're gonna do with your life. Exactly. Senior in
1: college. It's very relatable
0: <laughs> and tangible to people. Um I actually got to see Joyce Manor live uh, Maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Um, Absolutely ph- phenomenal performance. I've been to plenty of punk rock shows, and that one was – it had to be my fav- you favorite. You even got
1: the air freshener for your car.
0: Yes. I bought a Joyce Manor air freshener for my car, and it is probably my favorite thing I've ever bought at a show before because I've never Who seen sells Who sells air fresheners? Who sells air fresheners? Joyce Manor. Joyce – yep. <laughs> so another thing – I wanted to talk about today was the color blue.
1: Wow. (laughs) That is crazy. Are you about to enlighten us about something about the color blue?
0: I am going to enlighten everyone. I know no one knows anything about the color blue. so Um, (laughs) so There's one specific shade of blue that I wanted to talk about today, and we will be posting examples of it on our Instagram after the show. So go check it out at um, saturation.italicized on Instagram. But the specific color is RBG, R0, G73, and B255. And I know that sounds like a lot to the average listener. Um, You're probably saying, like, what is that? But they kind of function the same way. Like, the RBG functions the same way a Pantone color code would. Um, It's just a different way to categorize different colors. Um, So RBG is completely digital meaning when you print off something you design or you make on your laptop, you can't print it in RBG. You can only print it in CMYK. Specifically, RBG is made of red, green, and blue. Those are where the letters come from. And printers do not use those colors to make different pigments. Printers use CMYK, which is magenta, cyan, yellow, and black. And that is how all of... Um, All of any colors you get printed is made as a combination of those things. Um, But back to this specific blue I wanted to talk about. It's an almost neon color. Yeah, it's really saturated. It's super saturated. Kind of like our show title. Oh, my God. You're (laughs) so right.
1: Um, But it's... It's like a luring. Like a luring? It definitely is a alluring? It's it's only available digitally. Like yes. I use it on my website and like as my logo, but when I print my resume and my logo, like it my own personal different. logo, it's, it looks completely different.
0: Yeah, um I actually I used this color blue on my last project in graphic design and
1: I think it, there's definitely like a trend going Going on right now with using yeah, that color for sure. Um, it's definitely becoming more and more popular. I'm seeing it a lot on Instagram. With, oh like, my gosh, it's Instagram all artists. over design Instagram. Yes,
0: and it's awesome. I totally get why. Um, it kind of made me realize that, at like in the same way we have trends for hair or for clothing or anything like that, we have like color trends depending on like the years. Like I think back in the 2010s, that like neon green and that turquoise teal yes. color.
1: You're bringing up horrible memories of that color.
0: I mean, like every girl's room was painted that turquoise Including my room. Was it really? Yeah, it was. Did (laughs) you you have like zebra print pillowcases?
1: Uh, It's crazy that you had to call me out like that, but it was a black and white like patterned. Yeah. So So it was zebra print. Basically. (laughs) I think it was more like circular designs, but the same idea as the zebras giving off, I guess.
0: Okay, and we'll say what you will about like that turquoise and neon green. And I still don't really like the turquoise, but I kind of I kind of like neon green now. I do too. But I, I think it needs
1: to be more green than blue.
0: No, I agree. I agree completely. Um But back to
1: blue, speaking of blue. Back to blue. Which is um, also the it's the least it's the color found least in nature. Yeah, oh my gosh, we were actually talking
0: about that in art history today. That's crazy. Um blue has such big meaning um in all of history and specifically art history the blue ridge group um was a art group in the 1910s i believe uh the artist kandinsky was a part of it and they chose the name blue no not blue ridge it was the blue rider group my bad very sorry listeners um but they chose the color blue because of it's almost like um angelic effect on Mm -hmm. the world like the sky is blue the ocean is blue in older paintings they uh, usually depict heaven with a bluish tint right you know white blue um and so I think it's interesting that we're still seeing like blue have such a significance in our designs today and a kind of different one too like I when I used that color blue the rbg 073 255 I kind of used it as like an eye catcher and the opposite of being calming,
1: Mm. which
0: is the opposite of how it's been used in the past. But it's only that specific shade that I think really triggers that emotion.
1: I think it's because it almost has neon undertones. It's like so bright. It really does. it feels very powerful. I will say I just looked up the Blue Rider and it has like the same blue that you're talking about. One of their pictures, yeah, yeah, um, Kandinsky's Blue Mountain, or I guess the not the exact same, da- but not almost the exact same, yeah. but very almost. similar to the digital blue that we are speaking about.
0: The name Blue Rider actually comes from in a lot of Kandinsky's work. Uh, there's a horseman shown, or like a horse and a man, a rider, mm-hmm. and um, he's supposed to be another one of the like horsemen of the apocalypse. Is that what it's called? The it's like greed, wealth, famine. No, not wealth. Greed, I mean, famine. No
1: idea what you're talking about right now. The Horseman of the apocalypse.
0: Am I making that up? I feel like I'm not making that up right now. I don't know. Maybe I just have no idea what you're talking well, about. Well, regardless, on the spot again. I should have brought my notes in here and I would have just read from them. But regardless, um, the horseman is shown with shown in blue through the majority of of Kandinsky's work, even if it's super satur- or super abstracted. Interesting. Yeah. So I I think that's super cute. Cool. But this brings us to another break. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You are listening to WEGL 91.1 FM. And we are back. Thank you for listening to WEGL 91.1 FM. This is Saturation Italicized with your hosts, Lee and Lauren. And I would like to go on record and say that I wasn't making up the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, Lauren was just being dumb.
1: You are so right.
0: <laughs> but uh, they are actually destruction, death, famine, and pestilence. This is so enlightening. I'm so glad to
1: hear about this. It has
0: nothing to do with anything we were talking about. But I needed Absolutely people not. to know that I wasn't crazy and that that's a real thing. Because I, I felt like it was like one of those things you just like kind of dream up. And that's, fair. Like that. that's fair. But Lauren... Tell us about that song we just listened to. What was it?
1: Okay, so it was Mission to Mars by Rainbow Kitten Surprise. And this is definitely my favorite band of potentially all time. Um, This song, Mission to Mars, it's a metaphor talking about a band as they try to progress and gain success. So they kind of start off, um, there's a lyric that says, count down till you come off your rails. It's a metaphor for a spaceship literally leaving the ground. Um... And he's talking about how the main person in the band is trying to achieve goals that were maybe too far out of his reach. And so instead, he pursued smaller ones that ultimately made him unhappy. And so the song compares the chances of the band being successful to the likelihood of humans taking a successful trip to Mars. So very unlikely. Um, another line is we locked our keys in our cars or got booted at bars and now the movement is lost. They're saying that there's no progression of success of their band and it adds to the comparison of a literal mission to Mars would require physical movement. Um, they say, they later say that their viewership for launches up by 50 this week. So they're kind of on the uphill, they're becoming more popular. They're thinking, you know, this might actually work. They attribute some of their success to, them really putting in the work and trying to get it, not just luck. um, They're saying that their lyrics add value to the song. It's not just filler. They're like actually talking about what needs to be talked about. And I think that most of Rainbow Kitten Surprise, their music, is about the human connection like Joyce Manor. It's Mm -hmm. about all these emotions and just like the raw version of people and what they experience in life. Because there is a lot of relatable things that we all go through, maybe in different ways. And I think that Rainbow Kitten Surprise really highlights that. Um the end of the song kind of says that the end of, towards the end of the song they say, I hear it once, heard it twice, heard it, everybody tell they say the mission to Mars is destined to sell out. So this is interesting because the term sellout, they're saying that is as in their show is actually gonna sell out, like it's so popular that all the tickets are gone. But they're also saying sell out to describe an artist who has given up their artistic passions in favor of creating music people th- that people will buy um so now that they're becoming popular they people expect them to become sellouts and not be as authentic as they originally were so lee what do you think about all of this honestly if anything i feel like the band has gotten like more authentic oh same there's definitely they did not sell out
0: yeah because uh back in high school i think is yeah i was in high school when i started listening to rainbow Kent surprise Mm -hmm. i want to say the first song i heard was all too well no not all too well that was a taylor swift song um all's well that ends yes that's what i'm thinking of yes. and it is very very raw and very emotional but i almost argue that mission to mars is
1: more nitty and gritty like yeah, i think it is they're it's not, kind of like it's kind of inspirational to me a little bit
0: no it is and that's really cool that you said um that it's like kind of the Mission to Mars is a metaphor for their band because I never got that. I literally thought. I didn't either.
1: Yeah, so did you find that online? Did I you did. deduce that yourself? So, or? all of that information can be found on Genius Lyrics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the lyrics and I was like, what is this song really about? Because mm-hmm. I know all the words, you know, I listen to it all the time. Definitely one of my favorite songs. It was about Elon Musk a little bit but it could it could be it could be it's open to interpretation (laughs) that is what art is but yeah i learned all of that and i was like wow i didn't realize this actually relates this talking about a band it's a band talking about a band it's a successful band (laughs) talking about a band that might not be successful
0: speaking of rainbow and surprise let's talk about their album covers because they're
1: cool and they're all so radically different yeah so i feel like let me pull up stuff right now i'm actually working on a rainbow kent surprise album for one of my design classes right now so i definitely chose that band on purpose (laughs) um but yeah i think my favorite album cover by them is the one what's their album called how to Friend Love Free Fall. That's what their album's called. It's got. Oh, that's these, their most recent one, right? I think so. It yeah. has the two chairs on the side, kind of ripped in the middle. It's a collage it's, album. It's a collage. Yeah. And you can see kind of the galaxy in the background. That's why I kind of play on that in my own project. I feel like it's like out of this world experience. It's almost like you transcend beyond like the normal human mm-hmm. being and you kind of like surpass it and go into a deeper emotion. I think that's shown through the the galaxy
0: no i think that's entirely like what their last album was about um how to free fall in particular yes. uh literally discusses going to heaven or going mm-hmm. to hell and there's a lot of spirituality in their music yeah there is a lot of spirituality in their music we should talk about that one week talk about yeah uh, Stay just tuned for rainbow can't surprise every week how do y'all feel about that what do we think I will um literally talk about it the entire <laughs> podcast uh but no, that that song in particular, I think, is such a out of body song. Yeah, um, definitely. In the I, well, in the song, he's it's literally talking about free falling. He's talking about leaving your body for good. So,
1: very spiritual band. Yeah, very, very spiritual. On a completely different note, we're going to circle back to what we talked to earlier in the podcast, UI, UX, if you remember. Mm -hmm. UI is user interface, so that's like how a product looks, how it's designed, what does the font look like, what do the colors look like, what you're physically looking at is what UI is, and then UX is how you're interacting with the product, how easy are you able to access it is it like are you, do you have to go through all these tabs to get what you need or is it one click that's something that ux focuses on so a big thing that happened in the graphic design world recently is adobe which has all of the graphic design products that you could ever need illustrator InDesign, photoshop after effects audition premiere Premiere, literally anything you need. I feel like graphic designers are sponsored by Adobe. Oh, for sure. I don't know where we would be without them.
0: No, I don't, I genuinely don't think graphic design would be a profession without Adobe.
1: Like, we did graphic design history learning about it before Adobe. But, as it is
0: now, I guess. It's
1: it's evolved so much that you need Adobe. It's essential. Because it's like a
0: completely digital media. Exactly.
1: So, a big thing that happened, so, Adobe has this project called Adobe XD. It allows you to prototype apps or websites anything interactive like that. And so does Figma. Figma is a company completely separate from Adobe that also allows... uh, uh, (laughs) It was in the past. But Figma is also like that you can prototype apps and such. I've used Figma for my projects before, and I think it's a lot easier to use than Adobe XD. What do you think about that? I have never
0: used Figma before. And I feel like I'm obligated to say I actually work for Adobe um at the Adobe Creative Shameless Space plug. at the library no no not a plug just a, a useful resource yeah. a useful resource at the library but um so i will not say anything you know terrible about adobe but outside of that i i use adobe xd when i create apps and prototypes yeah. um
1: But Figma was free and collaborative. Yes, and that's the big thing that Figma was. So their homepage reads, nothing great is made alone. Figma connects everyone in the design process so teams can deliver their products faster. So that's literally the whole goal is collaboration. Whereas Adobe, it's not really accessible for non-designers and it has no collaboration tools. So if you're collaborating with someone on a project, you're going to have to email them the file, which... Ultimately, the file might be too big, so then you're going to have to pull out Box or mm-hmm. some other collaboration source like that. Um, so it's kind of a big deal that Adobe bought Figma. So Figma was has 20 billion in cash in stock and it was that purchase was the largest ever offered for a u.s private tech company Re- which i think is kind of really yeah so and the 20 billion represents more than 50 times figma's annual recurring revenue well, at why the time
0: you, why did they want it that badly
1: okay that's what we're gonna get to Ooh, so tea. okay this is the main difference between adobe and figma so adobe focuses on the needs of a person um They target the designer and build tools for the designer, whereas Figma, it's about collaborating. They are built for design on a job-to-be-done-based approach, which is essentially the future. You're all about collaborating. Design, it is very individual, but I'm seeing that I think a lot of jobs for us in the workforce are going to be collaborative, which is why I think this is a good step Mm -hmm. for Adobe to go into. They're very Um, team-based now. They are. So Adobe and buying Figma could create opportunities for internal collaboration, so people collaborating within a company, but also, like, multiple organizations or companies collaborating on one project would become a lot more accessible Mm -hmm. if Adobe adopted the Figma collaboration aspects. Um, But, yeah, I kind of think that's a big deal in the graphic design world right now. Do you think
0: that Adobe is going to make Figma cost money now? Because that's a huge thing, too, is Figma is free. Mm. So if you wanted to use Figma, like, Go for it. You mm-hmm. can just log on to the browser and do it. That's interesting. XD costs, like, I mean, a couple hundred dollars.
1: But it's included in our Adobe subscription.
0: But that's that's our Adobe subscription as an Auburn student. Yeah, we love so that. So, love that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're going to have to, because it's now an Adobe product, I guess they're going to have to charge for it. I don't know. I there's, guess we'll have to see. I'm interested to a, see what Adobe, what Adobe does from here. There's
0: an Adobe software... Um, that I can't I honestly can't remember the uh name of it. Maybe you look this up. Um but it's free and it acts as like Canva. Can yeah, Canva, that's the website name. Um and so if they have one free thing, and it's not all entirely free, it's like there's specific graphics that cost more money, but I think Canva's like that too.
1: Is it Adobe Star Spark?
0: I don't I honestly don't clear Express? It might, I think it's Adobe Express, actually. Okay, okay. Um, but, yeah, so I thought maybe they'll do that with Figma. And so maybe they'll make Figma, like, the lesser version of XD, the free version mm-hmm. of XD, I guess. But then since XD and Figma essentially work the same way, would they have to make Figma worse? Um, I don't
1: know. I'm actually. I'm very interested to see where this goes. I am going to let you ponder
0: on that for a second as we play an ad. Thank you for listening to WEGL 91.1 FM. And we are back. Thank you for listening to Saturation Italicized on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am your host, Lee. And I'm Lauren. And uh, let's get back to Figma. Did we have any closing thoughts on Adobe buying Figma?
1: Not really. Besides, I feel like this is a this is a big thing to happen mm-hmm. at like the very beginning of our careers.
0: No, I agree, and I think it's almost like like it was already a monopoly before.
1: Yes, but now it's a like, big monopoly. Now big monopoly. But I love Adobe products. Oh, I love them. But I will say another thing that I was researching was Adobe. It has a steep learning curve, whereas Figma didn't. Mm-hmm. Figma was a lot easier to kind of learn you know like you could yeah. learn it in a day like not really but you can't learn adobe in any short amount of time honestly
0: i thought xd was fairly intuitive granted i went to xd after i did photoshop illustrator indesign and i feel like once you once you do photoshop and illustrator like you've already tamed the two biggest wolves yes so. a
1: lot of adobe products function so similarly that if you know how to do one you can kind of figure out the rest
0: actually though xd xd even just looks super different
1: it looks scary it,
0: do, it looks so, so scary.
1: does after effects oh my gosh after don't even
0: get me started on after effects after effects looks
1: terrifying
0: yeah, it's very scary it looks like one of those uh one of those software that you press one wrong button and you like that's essentially what happens
1: so after effects is like a video editing program mm-hmm. that i use it's by adobe it's It's scary. I've attempted to learn it twice now.
0: You just have to watch YouTube
1: video after YouTube video after YouTube video and just just hope for the best. Cross your fingers. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I actually wanted to take a second and talk about a specific designer today.
1: Who is this specific designer, Lee? His
0: name is Zachary Hobbs. He is actually an Auburn graduate. He graduated in 2002 and... I wanna talk about his work today because it speaks to me, Lauren.
1: His I work know it speaks does speaks to me Tell so me more.
0: <laughs> as I said earlier in the show, I am super interested in um music design, poster, album art, merchandise, any of that. I love it. I love the way design lends itself to music and the way they can go hand in hand. Um and Mr. Zach Hobbs actually that's mostly what he does. He works for, um, IDEO, which is a industrial design company. Um, he is a graphic design lead for them, but in all of his like freelance work, he works for punk bands. So he came to speak to us yesterday at the day of design, which was put on by the, uh, college of architecture, design and construction at the Auburn hotel. It was super interesting conference. Um, thank you to everyone who spoke. It was really wonderful to hear. Um, but, i just seeing zach hobbs work it's so illustrative um he's very focused on form on you know like the human form on monster form uh skulls lines It's very abstract
1: almost psychedelic
0: oh i would definitely say it was psychedelic yeah i i think it's super psychedelic um and if you just uh, look up Zach Hobbs on Instagram, listener, uh, you should be able to find some of his work. But he did the album art for a band called Rex Tycoon that I had heard of before. I don't think I've ever listened to them, but I've definitely heard of them before. Um, and the cover is just a beautiful ilust- illustration. I want to say it was done by Oil Pastels, perhaps. It looks like Oil Pastels. Yes. Um, But it is just a collage of nearly identical faces uh, with wrinkles and and jagged lines but their eyes and their skin and their teeth are made up of pinks and yellows and blues and reds and it's so vibrant and it just it's so emotional to look at like it's almost like scary but in a really beautiful way in a very like thought-provoking way yeah you look at it and you
1: think about yourself and kind of your space in the world oh i entirely
0: agree and it's it's crowded
1: this album cover is um which i
0: think like must represent the band which he mentioned in his talk yesterday was a punk band and uh like we know lee is obsessed with, (laughs) with punk but it sounds, like, punk music sounds crowded. Like, it's loud, it's heavy, it's yes. harsh. Um, So super cool, super cool. But I want to talk about some of the stuff he said in his speech yesterday. And today, I actually got to hear him speak to my class in particular. It was such an awesome experience. Um, But he was talking about the experience of a designer, or or honestly, any creative person, and feeling like you are
1: not whole unless you are creating um do you ever experience that lauren i kind of think i do i feel like creativity is such a big part of my personality and Mm -hmm. my major that when i'm not creating i don't know what to do with myself but also in the same vein i think i need time to not do anything because creativity just uses so much of your brain so Mm -hmm. often that i need a break from that but i definitely think that that's true
0: I think also creating, like creating anything, whether you write, whether you paint, whether you do ceramics or make music, whatever you create is going to be an extension of yourself. Yes. So you have to take breaks sometimes. You do. You're constantly pouring out. Like you only have so much to pour out until you have to like rest and recharge. And I think that's the interesting part of potentially going into a creative based field as design is. Is It's going to be such a balance of figuring out how much do I give and how much do I rest and how do you rest when creating things is how you feel rested,
1: you know? And also I don't ever feel like there's like a break from design. Whenever I'm working on a project, I'm thinking about it constantly. I'm in the car and I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, I could do this or... I'm in yeah. the middle of class and I am th- i think of an idea and I have to sketch it down. So I feel like your mind, it's always on the clock. It's not mm-hmm. like a typical like eight to five job.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
1: always thinking on how you can improve your design in some way, shape or form. Something um, Zach Hobbs suggested about this to
0: bring it full circle was to just really like plant yourself in the moment you're in. So take a break. Stop, you know, stop looking at your computer screen or if you're. Making an illustration physically, like stop creating with your hands and, you know, go grab your cat, grab your dog, just sit with them. And, you know, maybe if you have a record uh, player, go analog for a second, like Mm -hmm. get rid of the digital, because as we were saying earlier, design is a digital world now.
1: It is. But there's so much that can be done by hand. And you mm-hmm. also pull so much inspiration from your everyday life. Yeah. One of my classes right now, the one that I'm doing the album cover in, our professor, Mario, if you're listening, <laughs> we love you as our professor. You're but the best. um he really emphasizes experimenting and like how can mm-hmm. you make this digital looking but making it with your hands. Yeah. Like how can you play with light or water or color, or spray paint, like mm-hmm. ripping paper, anything that you can do physically that you can then move digitally is really powerful um a girl we're on we're
0: in design with Danielle I think you're listening so you know hi Danielle um she's actually working on a collage right now and she took I had some old film um and she took it and I she's putting it in some type of collage I can't wait to see it but I think it just all ties into you take a break you know do something physical don't look at your screens all the time yeah
1: it's gonna give you a headache trust me I would know (laughs)
0: We would both know. Well, thank y'all so much for tuning in to Saturation Italicized, the first show.
1: The first show. The first
0: show of many. So
1: come back every Tuesday at 9 p.m. on WEGL 91.1
0: FM. I am your host, Lee. And I'm Lauren. And thank y'all so much for listening. Y'all have a great Tuesday. And War Eagle! (laughs)
1: Thank you for listening. This was Saturation Italicized with your hosts, Lauren
0: and Lee. Tune in next week at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for more art and design discussion.
1: And follow our Instagram at saturation.italicized. Or eagle. Hey, yo, DJ, what up? We got ourselves a nodder. <laughs>